It is Brian Scalabrini. It's the big baller, baby. Fogasol. Hey, this is the camera Matomo. This is Hugh Jackson. This is Pete Rose. And you are listening to Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9 during sports. <laughs> Gentlemen, and no, I did not mess up the intro. No, it was not on me. I'm a dummy. It's okay. It's okay. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mess it up. But it is down to the wire here on Wildcat 91.9. My name is Paxton Gordon. It is a Friday. Woo! You did it, ladies and gentlemen. It is the Friday show. That is right. Six to seven every single day of the week here on Wildcat 91.9 is Sports Hour. It is I. I am back. I am back. I know. I've been gone for a whole day. Okay, my house flooded. Um, <laughs> yes, my house flooded, unfortunately. The basement did. So I had to kind of take an emergency day off. So I hope you can accept that. Which was unfortunate. I really was excited for yesterday's show. But I am, of course, back. It is Friday. There's a lot of good things that happen on a Friday. Like, I don't know, sports. USA Men's Basketball News. We got some NBA trade news, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. Ho, ho, ho. A lot of fun stuff going on. But we, of course, have to start off in glorious fashion as it has slowly been reaching the news as we're getting inch by inch by inch by inch closer to training camp. Of course, we got to talk about that Mr. Aaron Rodgers dilemma down in the great Green Bay area. Green Bay, Wisconsin. Aaron Rodgers still hasn't budged, everybody. He's still looking like he ain't going. Well, ain't going. He ain't going to camp. And he is still looking to get out of the area of Green Bay. Of course, this was reinvigorated. We didn't got much news for anything. We really didn't get any news. It was kind of relatively quiet on the end of the Aaron Rodgers hype train of him leaving the Green Bay area. But thanks to one very prominent NFL insider, of course, that one insider I'd be talking about is Adam Schefter on his podcast came out and said there is no way Aaron Rodgers is going to play for the Green Bay Packers ever again. Ever again. And here we go, baby. Choo-choo. Let's all ride the Denver hype train. Choo-choo. I'm taking tickets. I can click your ticket here and then. You want to join the train? I'm ready. I don't want... I'm giving away tickets now. Don't be joining the train when he gets traded. You're bandwagoner at that point. I'm giving away free tickets. Free tickets, everybody. Aaron Rodgers course doesn't shock anybody he is in a very big hatred with the team and I don't blame him again for it but this again has been brought up by another prominent insider and a very well-known insider and Aaron Rodgers yes he's a bit of a knuckleball some of the times an airhead but these stories coming from the secondhand resources like Adam Schefter 
other prominent members of the Green Bay media kind of lends light to the actual belief that he truly, truly does not want to play there ever again. And I'm not the only one, of course, who thinks this. The very sensible-minded Shannon Sharp, <laughs> who doesn't have outlandish takes ever in his life, had, I believe, the same agreement I had when it came to Mr. Aaron Rodgers and his current situation and the recent reports. Here is Shannon Sharp on Undisputed this morning. I know Adam Schefter very well. If Adam Schefter is reporting on something, he's getting it from very good, uh, very good authority. Um, <clears throat> actually, we got to dinner at the same year, Skip, in 1990. We were very good friends. Adam and I used to go out to eat a lot. We used to go to dinners a lot and eat and, com and converse, even though I didn't divulge any information, if you can believe that. <laughs> mm. But anyway, Skip, I will say this. It seems to me that Aaron Rodgers is hell-bent on not playing for the Packers. Now, the Packers seem to be hell-bent on holding him there. You either play for us or you play for no one. And this is because what they're trying to do, they're trying to have it both ways. Aaron, we'll act U.S. We will trade you, but only after next year. Aaron Rodgers says, hell no. Nah. If y'all want me to play this year, give me money, give me guaranteed money, and then you can trade me next year. But I'm not coming back and playing under this, under this, these numbers with no assurance because he's looking at Skip. I don't have anything to lose. I got nothing to lose. And Adam also said on the podcast, Skip, is that Tom Brady is the envy of a lot of guys because they saw Tom Brady move from one location after 20 years, have no say, and then have a say in every decision that they made moving forward. Oh, you want Antonio Brown? Sure. You want us to get Gronk? Sure. You want us to take a right tackle? Sure. You want a Shady McCoy? Sure. Aaron Rodgers says, I tell you not to cut this guy, you cut him anyway. I say I want that guy, and you don't bring him in. So Aaron Rice says, well, I need to go somewhere where they're going to give me a little say. Peyton Manning started this, Skip, because Peyton Manning came to Denver. <laughs> he says, well, this is kind of what I need. This is where I am in my career. John Elway said, I'd be foolish not to listen to this man, all that knowledge he got in his head. John Fox said, you want your offense? Sure. You want us to get George Reeson? Sure. Oh, you want Wes Welker? Sure. Aaron Rodgers says, I see all these other guys getting this, and here I am giving you 16 years, and you give me nothing. <laughs> Now, the first part of Shannon's take, I I, dis, I wholeheartedly disagree with the the notion of if if he's gonna he, he wants money, he wants a lot of money to be able to come back. From my understanding, the whole reason he has gone through this whole debacle with the Green Bay Packers is not over financial issues. They do play a part, but that's not the leading factor in what really makes Aaron Rodgers want to leave the Packers. It is all based around. Mark Murphy and his inability to, and or his reluctance, actually, what it is now, to give Aaron Rodgers what he wants. Shannon Sharp brings up so many great points there, and of course I, as a Denver fan, also can concur with what he says. When Tom Brady left the Patriots organization, every year it always seems like the Patriots have no weapons offensively. No weapons offensively. You know, it's all a bunch of secondhand players who are good, but they don't propel the needle forward for your team. And then he gets to Tampa Bay. And what do they do? They already have Mike Evans and, and Godwin. Okay? What do they do? They bring in Antonio Brown, who they like, who, who Aaron Rodgers has a good relationship with, even though Antonio Brown's a knucklehead. And we've seen it before. They brought back Gronk out of retirement because even though they had O.J. Howard, who was a great young and up-and-coming receiving tight end, they brought Gronk in 
to be the primary tight end, even though, again, O.J. Howard could have done extremely well in Gronk's position. Brought him in because they know uh, Tom Brady likes his targets, like these certain receivers. They went out and drafted Tristan Wirfs in the first round of last year's draft to protect one Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady had a torn MCL the entire season. Can you believe that? Jesus. This dude had a torn MCL through the whole season and still won the Super Bowl handedly, and he looked pretty good. Unbelievable. Crazy. But you saw how the team and the general manager noticed that Tom Brady needs weapons, and to keep him happy here long term, got to bring him in. Okay? What does then Denver do? Denver, blessed with the opportunity to have Peyton Manning as their quarterback for maybe five, six years. What do they do immediately? They spend a boatload of money defensively to improve this team. They bring in Joel Dreesen, tight end. They brought in Jacob Tammy. Denver at the time had Darren Fells, who had was coming off one of his best seasons under Tim Tebow, which is hilarious, but they already had a prominent tight end. They dropped him, brought in Jacob Tammy, Joel Dreesen, and then Wes Welker at the same time, knowing you got to keep him happy. He, yeah, he's here for a short time, but you got to keep the man happy. Give him what he wants, because this dude's Hall of Famer, at the time was in the GOAT conversation, and can win you Super Bowls. You keep him happy. John Fox did the same thing. Instead of John Fox, like with what Gary Kubiak did, implement his own offense, he said, all right, Peyton, you do you. I'm going to give you the keys to this offense because I know your mind is ten times better offensively than my mind. So you do that. We're going to give you full control of this. I'm going to focus on the rest of the whole team building and the defense. We're going to let the offense up with you. Him and Adam Gase, those first two to three years under John Fox, before he was fired for, uh, I believe, Gary Kubiak, it was Gary Kubiak, were explosive offensively because, one, he had say, two, he had talent that he loved, and Denver built a lot of the stuff under the guidance of Peyton Manning. Well, Aaron Rodgers, who has been, to many people, specifically analysts, said to be the greatest arm talent before Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> which is funny. But he's been, for all of his career, told he is on the GOAT train. He's on, he's on the greatest of all time trajectory. He definitely is physically the most gifted passer of the football. And what does Mark Murphy and the Green Bay Packers do? Nothing. They do absolutely jack diddly squat with that team. They Yes, defensively, they keep going and trying to replenish the well and, and make an elite defense. They've only hit truly on one of those defensive guys, and that was Jair Alexander. Rashawn Gary has yet to truly manifest into a top defensive player, but the only draft pick in the recent year... Uh, no, HaHa ha Clinton Dix. I believe, was it HaHa ha Clinton Dix? I think HaHa ha Clinton Dix was drafted by the Packers. So at that point, they had two really good defensive players from when they drafted. But for most part, it's been Jair Alexander. And then offensively, Aaron Rodgers has been looking for help in terms of receiving talent in the first round. Because, again, you've seen Denver with Drew Locke, Joe Flacco, and Trevor Beeping Simeon as their quarterback draft a lot of perennial great offensive talent for those crappy quarterbacks. And you have Aaron Rodgers, who is an all-timer, getting none of that. Yes, they hit on Devontae Adams. Awesome. 
Randall Cobb was, for a short time, another really good piece. But beyond that, it's been since 2003. Excuse me, 2002 since the last time they drafted a wide receiver in the first round. Or gone out in free agency and brought a big name in. They could have traded for Julio Jones. They could have. Yet they didn't. For some apparent reason, one of the best physical wide receivers we've ever seen was not worth it to them. And because of that, Aaron Rodgers is now looking for a way out. And the Packers only have themselves to blame for this issue. And it's only going to get worse from here as time ticks on for them. Because if this continues on, which it probably is going to, we're either going to see the exposure of Jordan Love and either how terrible he is, or we're going to see another Brett Favre Aaron Rodgers dilemma where he's pretty good. But if he's bad, we're going to see a massive spotlight be placed on the front office and their inability to make their star quarterback happy. Because there's only one extremely important position that dictates basically almost everything done on the football field. The quarterback. And if you piss him off, you're in a world of hell for the next couple of years because now you're back to terrible (laughs) below 500 football and you're going to go down a rabbit hole that I don't think you want to go down. So, there is our quick little update to... Aaron Rodgers, and the quarterback watch, because technically that's the only true quarterback watch at the moment. Deshaun Watson still is awaiting his court date and the investigation going on into him, even though it again came out, I believe, per Adam Schefter, that Deshaun Watson is going to probably be out of the Texans organization either which way. Which doesn't shock me, because he was already on the trajectory to leave or be traded. It's now pretty much basically confirmed that he will be on the out, but at the moment, again, we don't know what's going on in terms of his investigation, and either he's innocent or guilty, which we'll probably won't find out till I would assume, 2022, because that's when the court case has been moved to. Russell Wilson's done, so we only have one person on the watch, and it's a spicy one, of course, Aaron Rodgers, but it's now time to move on to some interesting discussion surrounding the NBA, because in the last couple of days, it's, it's really picked up, in my opinion. I, I don't really... You know, I, I should we should be talking more about the finals, but I, I just think what's going on around the NBA in terms of trade proposals, how, how the Ben Simmons drama is unfolding, and specifically actually around one Dallas Mavericks is unfolding before our very eyes. Because Stephen A. Smith today came out with some interesting reports as to the reasoning behind some of the moves done by the Mavs and Rick Carlisle's departure. Because one of the things I discussed with Jasmine Halliburton a couple of weeks ago when the Dallas Mavericks had this pretty much gutting of not just their front office and key people, but also Rick Rick Carlisle just spontaneously leaving, just just dropping the news that he's no longer the head coach after talking with Mark Cuban. And I found it very odd and, and kind of alarming because... Rick Carlisle, of course, is a great coach. Yes, they've only been to the play. They've only won one finals during his time and haven't made it out of the first round since. But he has directed this team really well in the years following that playoff. Oh, that excuse me, that championship run. But he just he just dropped off. He just said goodbye, 
And that's not something you just just do out of the blue. It's not like from at the time I heard there was some rumblings that he was going to get fired or there was some discontent in the office. He just up and left out of the blue and Jasmine saw no issue with it. But I saw a lot of red flags and Stephen A. Smith today on First Take brought, shed, excuse me, shed some light on the whole Dallas Mavericks charades, essentially, going on in the front office. Well, Max, let me um, take off the opinionated hat and just give you the intel, okay? Um, And I'm not debating or refuting anything that you say. I'm just providing information. Number one, everybody knows that Rick Carlisle is a great coach, X's and O's wise. The problem is, is that his relationship with Luka Doncic wasn't ideal. Now, Rick Carlisle could deny that. Luka Doncic can deny it. I'm here to tell you I'm giving you the facts. It wasn't ideal. Now, in large part, that was due to Luka Doncic because Luka Doncic is very emotional. Uh, he was a league leader in technical fouls issued against him. Um, he was considered a bit prima donnish uh, and, and somebody that, you know, obviously the Dallas Mavericks uh, have a difficult time reining in because they're petrified. They know he's a franchise and they're petrified of him not signing the extension even though they fully expect him to do so, they're still scared until it's actually done, okay? And when you look at Rick Carlisle and the relationship that he had, this was a guy that he couldn't control. And certainly when you have Mark Cuban listening to that dude from Europe that the article was written about years, uh, weeks ago, I, f- I don't recall his name, forgive me for that, but that guy's had a profound impact because he's had the ear of Mark Cuban, which ultimately led to Donnie you're Walsh. Talking about, you're talking about Bob Volgaris? I believe so. I believe Bull so. Garris yes. is from here. He's a gambler okay. from here. I apologize. I apologize. Yeah. That's right. He's from here. You're absolutely yeah. right. I apologize for that. He's from here. But the point is, is that with Mark Cuban, um, he has his ear. And that Donnie Walsh is gone after 24 years as a GM in large part because of that. Um, Rick Carlisle has departed as well, even though he was hoping to get the Milwaukee job. But we now see that Mike Budenholzer probably ain't going anywhere. That's why he took the Indiana job for $29 million. And I'm very, very happy for him. So that's one point. The other point is, is that Jason Kidd has to be careful because Jason Kidd once coached in Brooklyn. That didn't end up in an ideal fashion. He departed from Milwaukee in less than ideal fashions. This is probably his last chance as a head coach. He better not mess this up in terms of relationships within the organization. And the reason why coaching here is so important is because the Dallas Mavericks haven't won more than 42 games in a season over the last six years, Max, even though this past season when they won 42, give them credit where it's due because they did it in 72 games in a 72-game season instead of an 82-game season. But what people are looking at and what people have taken notice of is that you got a well-respected and well-renowned owner in Mark Cuban. You had a great coach in Rick Carlisle who won a championship a decade ago, even though he hadn't gotten out of the first round since. Okay, you play in a in a in a city like Dallas, a metropolis and a state like Texas with no state income taxes and you couldn't get any marquee free agents. Now, this is very interesting. And there's also a second part of this quote, but the the clip ran too long and I couldn't I couldn't fit it all in in one. But there was also a report from Stephen A. Smith that Mr. Kristaps Porzingis is jealous of the way Luka Doncic is being handled by the front office in terms of the red roll out the red carpet style. Now, we'll get to that point in a second as well as the free agency talk. I just want to speak on Rick Carlisle to begin with. This is huge. Oh my god. This is like nuclear bombs worth of of information that 
Rick Carlisle left because he couldn't handle Luka Doncic. And the immediate outburst that he had, the, the fact that Rick Carlisle could not deal with Luka Doncic and they had a rough relationship explains so much as to why his immediate droppage from the team, well, not droppage, but immediate leaving of this team. And this already, this organization has already been in a troublesome state ever since Bob, Bob Volgaris, excuse me, I just butchered his name, Bob Volgaris, who is a betting man from, um, from the New York area, has grown substantially more impactful in the front office of the Dallas Mavericks, which has been interesting. That was one of the issues that Rick Carlisle and Luka Doncic have had with the Mavs organization because the guy that they fired, I believe, I forgot who, Donnie Nelson, who was part of the front office, was a key player in Luka Doncic's personal relationships with the team. Luka liked Donnie. Donnie liked Luka. Donnie was then fired because Bob Volgaris didn't like him, I believe. Bob Volgaris wanted change and spoken that to Mark Cuban. And that then led to the, the release of Donnie. And then you then have now Rick Carlisle via, again, Stephen A. Smith, who is well-respected in the basketball world, leaving the Mavericks because his relationship with Luka Doncic was so bad that he thought he'd go elsewhere. That's, that's, uh, sorry, Jasmine. That's some bad juju vibes coming from that, from that place. Some bad vibes. <laughs> some bad vibes coming from Dallas. And Luka, again, hasn't come out and stated he doesn't want to sign with the Mavericks, but there is some more growing tension that he won't get to stay. And they are definitely terrified of that because he was supposed to be the next Dirk Nowitzki. He was going to love the city, love the team. He was going to stay there forever. But at the moment, it's not looking too good with the recent string of events. And, it, and again, begs a good point from Steven. You live in Dallas. A state that you live in Texas, but in the Dallas area, which is a very popular sports town. There's no state ta income tax. So you're going to make a lot more money over there and not have to pay that much. And yet they have brought in no big notable free agents in the last five, six years following the championship the Mavericks won. Blows my mind because they used to have Jason Kidd, Dirk Nowitzki, Tyson Chandler. And yet they, again, with all the luxury that Houston showed, you know, luring Chris Paul to come here, they couldn't get a single free agent. The biggest free agent they possibly could have gotten was DeAndre Jordan. But then he was literally barricaded in his house and begged by his teammates not to leave. And that's the last that we've heard of from the Mavericks in terms of their heavy push during the offseason for great talent. You have the perfect opportunity. Superstar Luka Doncic. In many people's opinions, one of the best owners in all of basketball, Mark Cuban, who is player-focused. 
and of course Texas, that requires no state income tax. And not even Kevin Durant, nobody, no superstar ever considered the Mavericks. What's going on? What is happening there? Is there like some sort of like repellent that, again, we don't know about that is pushing away um, basketball players? Because Houston was alluring because they, they offered the same thing. Superstar, James Harden, no state income tax. Yet they got Dwight Howard and Chris Paul. And those teams were absolute disasters in terms of front office, management, head coaching, attitude, culture, the whole shebang. And yet they still got them. The Mavericks, who have been relatively steady for a long time, for a decade, essentially, have gotten nobody. That just begs the question of who's at fault here? Mark Cuban? The front office? Why is there been such a disconnect? And and that that's going to be kind of my question. You can answer that on down to where you can just at me. Pax, at Paxa Sports, at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports on Twitter. Again, at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports on Twitter and answer my question here on the air. I won't post it on Twitter. you got to listen in to hear it. What is the reasoning or the issues for the Mavericks not to bring in any free agents? Who's at fault? How do they fix it? You can again answer that question on Twitter, at Paxton Sports. You can just at me. You can private message me, DM. I like to talk with my audience. I, have a, I love talking to you guys. You guys are so fun, and I just love talking sports, and so do you. So message me. Let's get interactive here. We're opening the phone lines next week. When the whole banana boat crew, <laughs> the three musketeers are back together, Jasmine and Garrett will be opening the phone lines, answering, getting your questions and comments as well. But that'll do it for the Mavericks and their debacle. But it's half past the hour, so that now means it is time for... Celebrity That is right. It is Celebrity Birthdays. Here on a Friday, July 16th, 2021. Happy Friday, everybody. It is Will Ferrell's birthday today. The star turns 54. Man, he looks older than he normally, than, than 54, in my opinion. <laughs> That's almost my dad's age, and Will Ferrell looks like he's he's aged 30 years in the past five years. <laughs> but he again, turns 54 today. Gareth Bale. Plays for, excuse me, played for the Tottenham Hotspurs and as well as Real Madrid. Turns 32 today. I believe he plays for Team England in the FIFA World Cup as well. So you'll be seeing him this year. Let's see who else has a birthday today. Bobby Lashley, WWE wrestler, turns 45. The all, oh, excuse me, the almighty Bobby Lashley who left WWE way back in the, my gosh, back in the early 2000s, joined TNA Wrestling, and then came back recently, and now is the WWE Champion. Happy birthday to Bobby Lashley from, get this, Junction City, Kansas. My God, look at that. What a big name for the Manhattan area. Junction City, but we'll, we'll incorporate Junction City just for this one day. <laughs> he turns again 45. Happy birthday to him, the late great Barry Sanders. Barry turns 53 today. Superstar running back for the Detroit Lions. 
when he was the 1997 NFL MVP, baby. Mmm, I do love me some Barry. His son also, Barry J. Sanders, began his collegiate career, fun fact, with Stanford in 2012. How look at that. Look at that. No, we're going to crush Stanford in August. Am I right? Am I right? Might be having some good news about that football game coming up in a little bit. There's also no Sean Moreno's birthday. That is right. You guys remember no Sean, the guy that cried during the national anthem, and it was literally buckets of water flying out of his eyes. It was almost a tsunami coming down there during that, I believe it was the Miami Dolphins game that Denver was playing against. He turns 34. Happy birthday, to the one, no Sean Moreno. Zach Mettenberger turns 30. Former LSU Tiger was selected in the 178th overall pick to the Tennessee Titans. He also won a championship with the LSU Tigers in 2011. He turns 30. Happy birthday to Zach Mettenberger. As well in the baseball world, excuse me, basketball world, Zach Randolph, Zebo. Turns 40 today, played most of his seasons, if not all of his seasons, with the Memphis Grizzlies, but then in his late career, decided to sign with the Sacramento Kings in 2017. Ugh! <laughs> that's, that's terrible. Why would you go sign for the Kings? I get it, DeMarcus Cousins was there, but woof. The Kings. He also, him and Marcus Gasol at the time, were considered to be one of the most prominent front courts in all of the NBA. Under the Grizzlies. I know, I can't believe that. Mark Gasol and Zebo were on the same team and they didn't win a championship. Unbelievable. It is Timofey Mozgov's birthday today. That is right. You remember Timofey Mozgov getting one of the worst, the, uh, the worst contract in all of NBA history when he signed with the Lakers for upwards of, oh my God, I believe it's like $70, $80 million guaranteed back when these big contracts were beginning and it was what put the Lakers so far down the rabbit hole in the late Kobe Bryant's last couple of years. He turns uh, again 35 today. He also, I forgot, won a championship with the Cleveland Cavaliers in 2016. He was part of the blockbuster deal that sent Carmelo Anthony to the Knicks back in 2011. He, he Timothy Mozgov, was traded to the Nuggets. The rest is history because now we don't have to worry about that because we have MVP Nikola Jokic on our team. Let's see who else has a birthday today in the NBA. Mike Scott. Mike Scott, who currently, I believe, plays for the Philadelphia 76ers. It's his birthday today. Turns 33 years old. He spent all five of his college years at the University of Virginia. He also finished his career as the third leading rebounder in school history. He was drafted to the Atlanta Hawks in 2012 at pick number 43. He turns 33 again today. Happy birthday to one Mike Scott. But that'll do it for today's discussion of birthdays here on Wildcat 91.9. Specifically down to the wire here on Wildcat 91.9 during the sports hour 6 to 7 every single day of the week. We have actually some interesting breaking news that isn't important to you guys. But it's only interesting to me because um, it's part of my own team. <laughs> Let's just say that. It is my own team because the Nuggets 
and their assistant head coach, Wes Unsell Jr., might unfortunately be parting ways because the Washington the Wiz, almost said Warriors. The Washington Wizards are offering their head coaching position to the son of the great Wes Unseld, Wes Unseld Jr., who will be supposedly be accepting said offer and going to the Washington Wizards, being their new head coach after Scott Brooks and the team could not come to agreement on a contract extension. So happy for Wes Unseld Jr., who has done predominantly well with the Nuggets and I think has well respected around the NBA. Though again, why isn't Becky Hammond getting a job? Because this this Becky Hammond should be the hottest name for every every organization. Why isn't she at the top of everybody's lists? I'm shocked that Becky Hammond has yet to find a head coaching gig in the NBA. She is the leading assistant coach for Greg Popovich's Spurs. And Greg Popovich has a tremendous coaching tree history. If you've got a recommendation from Greg Popovich, you listen. Why is she not getting any options? She coached predominantly in the preseason. Of course, that's when a lot of the assistant manager jobs or assistant manager, excuse me, assistant coach gets their shining of the laser in the preseason. She did a fantastic job in the preseason as the quote unquote leading head coach for the Spurs during that time. And yet she has not been hired. Places like Portland, Orlando, Boston, Dallas. Hiring first-time head coaches. Orlando with Jamal Mosley. Portland with Chauncey Billups. Dallas with Jason Kidd. Signed predominantly new faces to their team. Granted, they've all had good reports in the NBA. They're supposedly really great with everybody, but why? It is absolutely incredible to think that she has yet to land an NBA coaching gig and I am going to be the forerunner for this. I will hold the Becky Hammond proverbial flag and travel down to every single stadium that needs a new head coach be like, hey dum-dums, woohoo are you there? She's a great coach, let's get her hello, she will change your organization forever Unbelievable. But anyway, again, congratulations to Wes Unsell Jr. <laughs> has not been official, but has been reported that he will accept said offer. But Becky Hammond, come on, where the hell are you people? To sign her. It's going to make me mad anyway. Anyway, this is Down to the Wire. Of course, is now to discuss more. And when I mean more, I mean a whole bunch of more NBA trades. That is right. Because the NBA trade market is only starting to heat up more and more as we get closer to the NBA draft, which is next week. Can you believe that? And then free agency is the week after that. Oh, my God. There's going to be so much great things happening. So excited. And then we got training camp for the NFL as well at the end of the month. Oh, it's heaven. Heaven. It's the last month of no football. 
Yes, injected into my veins, the NFL. I need it. Give me the gridiron. We can't stop there. It is NBA trade deadline discussion. Because it came out yesterday, I believe, or today. I'm trying to figure out when, when I saw this. And I believe, nope, it was today. Came out today. That Damian Lillard reportedly is going to request a trade from the Portland Trail Blazers later this, well, not later this week, but in the coming days. This, of course, being first reported by Henry Abbott of True Hoops on Twitter and TrueHoops.com. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, it's getting... Getting exciting. Damian Lillard now on the market. Man, the point guard market in terms of trades, really awesome. Free agency, eh, not so much. But anyway, here is actually Damian Lillard. Earlier today, when being on a course, a media call as a team he is playing for, Team USA, is currently practicing in Las Vegas for the upcoming Olympics. We'll discuss more of Team, ba team USA basketball in a couple seconds. Responded to these presentations and reports, of course, Chris Haynes, who has been a a vocal person for, let's be real here, Damian Lillard's camp a couple of weeks ago. Remember, the report came out that he was unhappy with Chauncey Billups' hire. And his source, of course, was Damian Lillard. We all could see through the veil who the source was. But here is Damian Lillard on conference call today discussing the recent rumors that he will want to trade out, of course, via CBS Sports. This just in to CBS Sports HQ. Damian Lillard is in Las Vegas with USA Basketball, but that hasn't stopped the rumors of a possible trade request out of Portland. He has four years remaining on his deal with the Trailblazers after signing a four-year extension in 2019. Lillard has spent his entire nine-year career in Portland. Here's what he had to say about the trade rumors and the Trailblazers' status as a contender. I'll start off off the rip and say it's not true. I said the last time I spoke to you guys that a lot of things are being said and, you know, it, it hasn't come from me. So, uh, number one, is it's not true. Um, and secondly, it, I'll also say that I, I haven't made any firm decision on, you know, what my future will be. So, uh, there's really no need for uh, anybody else to, to speak for me or report this or report that, you know, if there's something to be said, as I said the last time, I'll, I'll speak directly with, with my team and with Neil. So, uh, you know, that's that. I don't disagree that, you know, maybe it, you know, Chauncey can really change our team and make us a better team and get us going in that direction. But, um, I think if you, if you look at our team as it is going into next season, I, I, I don't see how you say, all right, this is a championship team. Uh, you just need a, a new coach when we lost in the first round to a team that was hurt. <laughs> okay. Okay, first off, my man Damien, buddy, buddy, we need to discuss here a little bit because – that seems to be a little contradictory, what these two quotes you just said. You first start off what you're saying by denying that you ever won out of Portland and this report is false. And then 
later in the interview saying, how can you consider this team <laughs> to be championship material when they lost to a very, very extremely injured Nuggets team in the first round? What? <laughs> what? So that just screams like the report was true. And again, I get it. Damian Lillard hasn't vocally said he wants out yet, but there has been so many reports from credible people, Chris Haynes being one of them, who is very close to Damian Lillard, that this just makes sense, and there's, there's no way in hell that this report by True Hoops and Henry Abbott is, is untrue. Because you basically, in your second quote, pretty much justified why you want out of the team. <laughs> you just basically, without saying you want out, said you want out. This team is not a championship roster at the moment, and a head coaching change will not make a difference. <laughs> Buddy, what in the hell? What am I listening to? Oh my god. <laughs> This is funny. This is just too funny. Oh, God, I got a chuckle out of me. But again, I don't blame them. Have you seen what they... You see the roster they're trying out there some games? Yeah, CJ McCollum is awesome. I love me some McCollum action. Okay, Yusuf Nurkic had his moments. Of course, he was a former Denver Nuggets, so I hate him, of course. But it's okay. We have Jokic. No need to be too hatred. But Nurkic is not the great center everybody calls him out to be. And then you're keep trotting out Carmelo Anthony, who in my opinion still can't make a damn shot. I've seen Carmelo Anthony go 3 of 11 more times than I've actually seen the Nuggets make it to the championship. Th that made no sense, but you get the point. We've seen a lot more of Carmelo Anthony making no buckets, and they're still trotting him out there as a perennial scoring option for this team. Remember when they had Evan Turner? They, they signed him to an extremely massive contract, and he was a dud. Rodney Hood's there. He ain't putting it up. They had Al Farouk Aminu for a bit. He ain't did nothing. They have Zach Collins, and he was supposed to be their bright star. One of their bright up-and-coming players. He's always injured. Broke his foot again. He might be out for a couple of months, but, and maybe not even start the season. This team is a disaster. <laughs> And when your star player doesn't come out and say it, but has somebody close to him say that he did not like the hiring, you know you're in trouble already. <laughs> and it's not getting any better from this point on. Now it's time to play where he going. <laughs> where he going. Because there's a lot of teams out there that are could be interested in the services of one Damian Lillard. Those, of course, being the Lakers, as we saw in... The United States, when they were playing, I believe, against Argentina in Las Vegas, <laughs> um, was being chanted by fans to go play for the Lake Show. So the Lakers, the Lakers, of course, need a point guard, so he'd fit uh, right in with the team. The Sixers, of course, are looking to offload Ben Simmons, and to make the money work, Damian Lillard for Ben Simmons would work pretty nicely. Again, why would you want Ben Simmons? That's the greatest question of them all. <laughs> but that's another place. And then, the Miami Heat, which are just becoming the Celtics at this point, saying they're interested in this guy. They're interested in this guy. We really want this guy in here. And then they don't do any of it. Yes, they brought Jimmy Butler in, 
But from that point on, they've been in the James Harden bandwagon. They, they won, they're in the James Harden discussion. They're in the Damian Lillard discussion. But they have yet to actually go out and do it. They, yes, they got Victor Oladipo, but Victor Oladipo is presumably gone when free agency starts. He's going to become a free agent from, what all, from all I've heard. So they're a target for Damian Lillard's place. And it's also, this is coming out from Hoop Central, that the organ, uh, the Trailblazers and Chauncey Billups are currently going to be talking with Damian Lillard to discuss the f- his future and stuff. <laughs> um, but it's funny that we talk about this. Because everyone's going to keep pointing to the Sixers, the Sixers, the Sixers. Because, and I agree with that, in the sense of the money works out. You don't have to really, like, twist some thumbs and some arms to get, you know, the trade to work. And a lot of people still find value in Ben Simmons' defense. But if I was the Trailblazers, you're in a tough situation. (laughs) Because who are the Miami Heat willing to give up? Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson... Those two players might still be on the no-touch list for the organization. You're going to give up Gordon Dragic? And I don't know if the Trailblazers want Gordon Dragic. You're going to trade Victor Oladipo if he signs back, a sign-and-trade for him? Nobody knows what he's going to look like. He got injured again. Who else are you going to give up? Kelly Olynyk? Andre Iguodala? Is that going to move the needle for the Trailblazers? I don't think so. The Sixers, of course, have the most appeal because they're giving away an all-star in nature. But we all know Ben Simmons still can't shoot or has yet to show us he can shoot. And that's always a sketchy understanding for a team that really still needs shooting. And yet they're going to take five steps back and choose a guy that can't shoot. Um, The Lakers are the most interesting fit. Not just because, of course, it's led by Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And they've been clamoring about from reports that they need playmaking so that they take the load off of those two players. I don't know how willing Damian Lillard is going to be going to the Lakers and potentially being a third option, though presumably I think LeBron James will become the third option on that team if Damian Lillard, Lillard signs there, and I think he'll be fine with that. But what are they going to give up? The sign-and-trade of Dennis Schroeder, Kyle Kuzma, and this year's first-round pick? It won't even be this year's first-round pick because the draft is next week, so they have to make a trade now. And I don't know if the Trailblazers want Kyle Kuzma. Because he's been taking step back after step back after step back every single year since his first season. And then we've seen Dennis Schroeder crumble in key situations. Do you want that on your team when you still think you have championship aspirations? And then the Lakers are always going to be good next year, so the first round pick's going to mean nothing. So, the Trailblazers are in an extremely tough position. They are like Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Damian Lillard is unhappy because this team has been stagnant for a couple of years now. And it doesn't look like they've actually actively tried to get better with their not just their signings, but their interest in trade. And it's kind of wearing on Damian Lillard. Now, we're in the early stages where Damian Lillard vocally has stated he does not see him going anywhere. He presumes he's going to be with the team next, or he's expected to be with the team next year. So if I'm the front office, I am I am going there and I am on my hands and knees being like, buddy, what do you need? <laughs> what where are you at, dude? What do you want? A pen paper, push it to him and be like, what do you what do you need? We're gonna get it for you. And that's how you save this relationship, because 
you, you've just seen in the different sport how if you do not follow or pay attention to what your superstar is asking for, how ugly it can get. And Damian Lillard is a superstar, and he's keeping your team afloat. And you, unlike teams like Dallas or Houston or, La- or Los Angeles or New York, do not have a big appeal. You are a small market team, and no way in hell you're going to drag a perennial all-star to come here unless you have a all-star on your team. And you get rid of Damian Lillard, might as well just blow it up at this point and go for a draft rebuild. Because you ain't going to drag somebody like Durant or Ky- Kyrie a James Harden. You ain't dragging those people over here. So you got to you gotta do everything you can if I'm the Blazers' front office. I am trying my do damnedest to bring him back. And if it doesn't work, just wave the white flag, rebuild from that point on. Because what's the point of keeping C.J. McCollum? Why, what's the point of paying him max money? What's the point of paying Yusuf Nurkic all the money you're paying if you're going to be below 500 and possibly one of the worst teams in basketball when Damian Lillard leaves? So it'll be interesting to see in the coming weeks, or specifically the coming days, as this is reported that Damian Lillard is going to request a trade in the coming days. It's going to be interesting to see if this comes to fruition or if the discussion that is currently going on at the moment between the front office, Chauncey Billups, and Damian Lillard helps soothe over some of the rough patches. But we will see what goes on there. Just keep, again, keep in mind, Sixers, Lakers, oh, what was it? the Heat are one of the main front runners for the services of Damian Lillard if he were to go on the market. Anyway, this is Down to the Wire here on Wildcat 91.9. You can reach me uh, on Twitter at Paxton Sports at P-A-X-T-O-N Sports. Message me. Send me a link. Not, don't send me a link. I don't want to touch that stuff. Just message me. Let's have a discussion. If you don't like anything I said or had a different opinion from what I said, message me and we can discuss. I love interacting with you people. It's fun. Sporting shows are so much funner when my audience interacts, and you got to do a good job of that, let's keep this going. I'm going to open the phone lines next week when everyone comes back. We're going to have some more fun. Anyways, time to talk about Team USA. <laughs> let's talk about some depression because um, it's not looking good for Team USA. This is going to be more of an... I know I'm playing the sad music. It's going to be more of an anger rant than a sadness in a couple of seconds, but let's just put out a, a sadful response at the beginning. You lose to Nigeria in your first game, and I get it. They, that basketball team, had weeks to prep for that game. And the United States team only had four days. But this is a Nigerian team that you once demolished by 80 points. And then the next year you beat them by 45. You then go in a couple days later and lose to Australia. Led by Patty Mills. Yeah, yeah, Patty Mills, the guy that plays for the the, the, the Spurs. You lost to that team. And granted, you beat Argentina, who is trotting out 36-year-old Luis Scola. I thought Luis Scola was done playing basketball, but yet there he is. Still playing for Argentina. Yet you trot him out still. And then, on top of that, Bradley Beal's out, and you you brought Kevin Lovin to be one of the members of this team. 
Kevin Love hasn't played above 50 games in two years! What? And you lost to Nigeria and Australia when you have Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, and Kevin Durant. Unbelievable. And then today, Bradley Beal goes into the COVID protocol. He'll be out for the Olympics, which sucks for him because he was excited to go to Tokyo. Jeremy Grant also went into the protocol, but that's a whole different story. Here is who they re I know, this is going to get you... Oh, I turned the... Oh, my was a mistake. It's a Friday. I'm telling y'all. Sorry about that one. Here is Brian Windhorst on SportsCenter updating us of who Team USA has replaced. Granted, here's who they could replace him with. Trey Young. He's currently not playing for anybody. Nikola Jokic is available. Nurkic, Joel... Well, Joel's got an injury. Ben Simmons. There's a bunch of players that are done. John Morant. You could replace Bradley Beal with John Morant. Here is Brian Windhorst, who's going to break the news, everybody. He's breaking the news of who Team USA will be playing uh, or replacing them with. Well, they had two open spots. They have filled them. Uh, Keldon Johnson will be promoted from uh, the USA Select team to the senior national team. Now, he has familiarity Ooh. with Greg Popovich, obviously, because what? he is a San Antonio Spur. Keldon, but more importantly than that, Johnson. honestly... He's been around this team for the last 10 days. He's played in a couple of their exhibition games. Ooh. He is in, in condition and also, you know, in tune with what they're doing. The uh, the other pick to replace Kevin Love is a bit of a surprise. JaVale McGee. What? Flying to Vegas and joining the team tomorrow. Um, the, the USA really needed some athletic big men. Uh, Kelvin, Kevin Love struggled to, uh, you know, move around uh, because of that calf issue. And so you get JaVale McGee, an athletic guy who was on their list of 57 possible names at the start of this. And the most important thing, according to Coach Greg Popovich, was having a player who was in shape and ready to go. They obviously feel JaVale McGee is, and so he will join the team as they get ready to go to Tokyo next week. JaVale freaking McGee and Keldon who? Johnson? That is who is going to represent the United States in the Olympic Games as replacements to Bradley Beal and Kevin Love? Out of all the players in all of basketball, Trey Young, you had John Morant, Zion, and JaVale, and Keldon Johnson are your replacements. God save us all. Unbelievable. I was first disappointed when they got Kevin Love because he has not played any basketball in the last two years with the same hamstring injury, same excuse me, calf injury. And now you're trotting out JaVale McGee, who has not been prominent since the Warriors. And then Kelvin Johnson, a, a, a really, no offense to Kelvin Johnson, pretty much a nobody. What is happening? And now that's how we're going to end. We're going to end on anger and sadness because Team USA is trying out a bunch of hoo-hahs in the second unit. And who knows? But anyway, this has been Down to the Wire here on Wildcats 919. I hope you're all having a good Friday. I'll see you all on Monday. Garrett will be back. I, of course, will be back. We're going to talk about the NBA Finals, some more Aaron Rodgers news, and a bunch more NBA talk here on Down to the Wire on Wildcat 919.